Hi, I'm Allie. I'm Nick. And this is the But Have You Tried Bookshelf. During a very special week of the year. It is special. It is special. <laughs> I mean, every week is special. Yeah. What week is it, Nick? It's band book week, It's Allie. band book week. Did you ask me because you didn't know? or? No, I thought it would be fun. Oh, it was just like a setup, like a bantery setup. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry I ruined it. Sorry no, it's okay. It's band book week, Allie. <laughs> For Band Book Week here at the library, we were yes. reading The Hate You Give That's by right. Angie Thomas, which I have read before. I hadn't. This was my first. This was my first and time did you it. did you get through the whole thing? I, yes, I did. Okay. I did. Thanks for your concern. Well, I didn't totally reread it. I only reread part of it because I had read it before, okay. which is part of why I asked. Not because I was doubting yeah, you. I felt a little judgmental, but that's fine. Uh, no, I hadn't read it, but I have read On the Come Up, also by Angie Thomas. Malika and I did it for a Black History Month episode on how's things... Last year? I don't know. You can find it in the All the Books show archive, everybody. SoundCloud.com slash All the Books. But I liked On the Come Up, and I liked The Hate You Give even better. So mm, Excellent. I know that it showed up on the on the challenge list many years, uh, four or five years uh, since it came out. And it's kind of funny reading it through that lens because, I mean, yes, it talks about like police violence, and it, it, it doesn't always paint the police in a, in a very flattering light because it's coming from a, a right. standpoint of reality, you know, right. not fantasy. And, and the reality is like those things have trends that are dangerous and concerning, but I feel like it's pretty even handed, honestly. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, it doesn't feel to me to be a, a shocking book or a particularly like negative viewpoint of law enforcement. You know right. I, yeah. You, yeah. Well, like, the main character's uncle is also a police officer. Yes. And he even says something, I think, like to the effect of like, well, we're killing each other more than the police are killing yeah. us kind of. A th- I, don't, I don't forget the exact wording, but it's definitely to that effect. Yeah. And so I feel like the book in general really just portrays like a variety of like does. problems and issues and things that complicate the life of the main character yeah and and certainly you don't end the book being like gosh the cops are great you know what i mean it's definitely a critical it's a critical look and rightly so so i mean there is that element but it's just funny the things that wind up on the challenge list and we should we should distinguish you know we say banned books and and i mean fingers crossed we we don't live in a society where books are actively like you cannot print this you cannot sell this that's a true ban when we say banned books, we're really talking about books that face the most challenges. So people who are challenging school boards or public libraries or bookstores or, you know, any places where the, where books like this are available, people are, are challenging that and saying like, hey, I don't think you should have that. And I don't yes. think anybody should be able to In read that it. tone of voice, too. You can't Things, challenge a book without right, using that right. tone of voice. Challenges that by and large are objectively stupid uh, are happening. Um, and so... Yeah, we just take a we just take a week every year as libraries. The ALA kind of spearheads this and and puts this out. We're like, this is where the conversation's going. These are the books that are being targeted, are are being uh, you know called out as books that people out in the world think should not be available. Yeah. Well, and the hate you give is such a weird one to me to be on the banned books list. Yes, which I know you kind of already said, but like I can imagine if it was just like totally totally fiction. Yes, being like wow, this is kind of intense. Yeah. Like maybe we don't want, you know, like yeah. our, our 14-year-olds reading this, mm-hmm. you know, like it's maybe it's a little dark for them, whatever. But like the fact that it's totally based on things that happen yeah. all the time in real life. Yeah. 
it just doesn't it doesn't quite compute with me that you would be like oh yeah let's ban this book yeah. talking about things that happen in real life I know. I that know. we have not been able to stop yeah I don't, yeah. and I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm with you. And, you know, we've talked uh, in, uh, around this book a lot, but we haven't really gone through the premise. The basic premise is these two kids, um, black kids, teenagers, are uh, in a car. They, it's like a routine stop. And uh, the main character's friend is killed by the police. In mm-hmm. uh, He's just going to check on his friend. He doesn't have a weapon. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a pretty... He wasn't doing anything wrong. Wasn't doing anything they weren't wrong. speeding. No. Yeah. No. And so that's that's what leads into this. And then uh, the officer who was involved in the shooting, there's there's a trial. And I mean, I guess we won't get into what happens there because that's a bit of a spoiler. But eventually there is rioting and that that's kind of the, the big climax of this story. And so you're dealing, like you said, you're dealing with real life things. And mm-hmm. the time this book was written and then the years immediately following really played out in a way that I think highlights the importance of a book like this to get this concept out there just in in popular literature which this is you know the the book was a bestseller for uh, a long time years uh, would show up on the list it there was a movie adaptation of it it's continued to remain a part of the conversation and be a book that's that's continually pulled up as book that people are reading so I think that speaks to the importance of the book and speaks to the silliness of why a book like this would be challenged so regularly yes absolutely do you have the list of currently like the most uh 2022 challenge books i'd love to hear it i think this might be the 2023 list. are are we making this a competition ali are we seeing which one of us is we have to do we we're obligated to make this a competition okay see who's read more i don't want to embarrass you i don't want to embarrass you. yeah i'm i'm not sure my odds are great in this one but we're gonna do it so the list that we're looking at here, if we're looking at the same one, is ALA.org uh, has a whole topic, a whole section on this. And this is the, um, yeah, the top 13 most challenged books of 2022. So let me have it, yes. Ali. Which I think this was supposed to be a top 10 list, but some of them are ties. I see. So, I see. so tied for the 10th most banned book. Okay. We have This Book is Gay by Juno Dawson. Okay. And Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews. I have not read This Book is Gay, but I have read Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews. Did you like it? No, I think it's a pretty bad book. Ooh, just Rough beans. It just, <laughs> not from like, it should be banned standpoint. Just, but just I as, feel it's like not it's good. not a very well-written book. Yeah, we did this um, for a summer reading program, YA for Adults Book Club, years ago. Not because it was a challenged book, but because thematically it fit with the theme that year. But we read it and we were kind of like... Mm. This book's kind of dumb. Mm. So, I, sorry. This is one I've seen on the <laughs> shelf a lot, like that yeah. I've just noticed as I'm like shifting things around. Yeah. yeah. And I've been kind of curious about it, but I think I did read the jacket at one point and I was like, eh. There is a movie version. Maybe I'll pass I just, on that one. I don't know. Like, I just didn't like it, you know? Just was like, not I, your vibe. I, no, no, no. So, that's one. That's one for me. So, I'm winning so far. You are winning. I have not read either of okay, those. Okay, okay. So. Oh, wait. Also tied for 10. Oh, my gosh. We got Crank a four-way by tie Alan with Hopkins. 10. Crank. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's four tied for Look 10. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. I uh, haven't read it, Allie. Sorry. I have not read it either. Okay. All right. And then A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. Oh, I haven't read this, but I think I might be the only one left on Earth who well, has Well, I also haven't You and read I it. have not read it. My wife was just reading We're the these. sole survivors. Yeah. I feel like I'm annoyed at this at this whole series okay. for no rational reason. You just don't like it. You just have I just... A, everything i know about it it's just not my vibe Gosh, it's like the so kind petty. of fantasy that i'm like mm, <laughs> and now kidding. i could skip this yeah i am a little petty about this i'm not gonna <laughs> lie <laughs> that is an accurate assessment okay there's no reason for me to dislike this 
I think the reason is maybe that like a lot of people who don't normally read books okay. are really into this series and it makes me annoyed because I feel like there's so many better series that deserve it. Okay. More. I don't know. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what it okay. is. All right. Pettiness reveal. Yeah. It's coming out. <laughs> All right. Number nine on the list out of darkness by Ashley Hope Perez. Okay. Have nope. you read this one? I haven't read it. I, I haven't, haven't read it. it. I've seen it again. This one has caught my eye a lot. The yeah. cover that we have here on our copy is very distinctive. Okay. All right. So, but I have not read it. All right. Okay. Number eight, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. I haven't read this one, but this is an old one. It is on this the older was, side. Uh, yeah. This has been around for a while. Won the National Book Award, I believe. And it's been on, like it's been popping it up has. on banned books It has lists showed up for on a the while. list. Yeah. Many a time. This is one that I have read and oh, it's another one. You, okay. I did really enjoy so it. So we're tied. Yes. Okay. So far we're tied. All right. I don't, this is another one that I'm like, I, I don't really, I don't really understand why it's banned. Yeah. So apparently it's banned for like sexual content. Okay. But having read the book, I feel like it's really pretty mild in that regard in okay. terms of the scope of YA books. Got it. So I don't know why this is one that, that gets flack for that when, yeah. when others don't. Who don't knows? Know. Okay. Okay, number seven, Lawn Boy by Jonathan Evison. Haven't. I did want to read this one. This was on my list, but I haven't got to it yet. I don't think I've even heard of this one. Oh, man, I'm so much better than you. <laughs> Apparently. Oh <my> gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay, tied for number five, okay. we have The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Shubosky. All right, I have read that. That's a lot of consonants I read in it. a row. I read you it. You have read it? Yeah, have you? I have not read <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, also, didn't love this one. Very dark story. Oh, really? Very dark story. Yeah. Huh. Interesting story. I guess I just didn't like the writing. Fair but, enough. You know, this is one that teen. I feel like I've heard a lot of buzz about, but I haven't read. I but I feel like it's possible that if I read it now, I'll be like, wow, this is stupid. Instead of being like, wow, this stupid. is stupid. It's just like style wise, it didn't really click for me. Um, I saw the movie as well. I want a uh, movie, I think, has Emma Watson in it. I'm pretty sure Am it I does. Making that yeah. up? Okay. I feel like that's one of the main things that draws me to it. As I'm okay. like, I know the movie has Emma Watson. Oh, you're a big so Emma a Watson fan, are you? You like, well, you like live action Beauty and the Beast over there? Just watching uh, it on a repeat? That's one of my less favorite uh, picks. Yeah. If we're going to be honest. Yeah. But I mean, I think Emma Watson is pretty good at basically yeah. everything I've seen her in. <laughs> I, so I watched Beauty and the Beast in the theaters by myself in the middle of the day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was going to some library conference. I don't remember why or what it was, but I was done early and it was like... I don't know. I was just in a real town, you know. Ooh, shade. I didn't mean to throw shade. I'm just, I was in a town with a with an existing movie theater. <gasps> oh my gosh! And I was like, well, I'm just gonna go see a movie, and that was the thing that was playing. So I was like, one for Beauty and the Beast, like in the middle of the day, wearing a tie, and they were like, okay, that's so, hilarious. And that's I how I watched that. it. I really, really wanted that movie to be good, yeah. and it wasn't horrible, but. There were definitely some choices that I was like, okay, yeah, that was a choice. I haven't seen all of the live action Disney like remakes, um, but every time I watch one, I'm like, well, that didn't need to exist, did it? Well, and at first I, I was like, this that. is kind of fun, and then they've just kept coming, and I'm like, I yeah. I can't keep watching. No all thanks. Of these. Yeah, I did like Aladdin. I, I liked haven't Aladdin. seen that one. I yeah. I think the only ones I've seen are Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast, oh my gosh. and maybe Beauty and the Beast just. <sighs> I sat through Lion King, and if you want to see the Lion King, but with expressionless real animals. Well, they're not, not even acting. real animals. They're no, they're like, not. They're not. But like, that's what I mean. It's right, just right, like, right. They look like real animals. For whatever, the filmmakers were like, well, lions don't really smile or smirk. So let's have a dead flat oh affect on every character in this movie. But was like, it great. worse than the auto-tune on Emma Watson's voice in Beauty and the Beast? Yes. It was fact, worse? It was. Okay, wow. That's, yeah. 
It was worse. Pretty impressive. It was worse. All right. So before we get too derailed, also tied for number five, Looking for Alaska by John Green. This is one that I have not read. I have not read it either. We did a whole spotlight on John Green with Ben Lehman, who did all the music for the old shows uh, back in the All the Book Show days. Uh, but I, I didn't read this one. Have you read other John Green? Yeah, I read um, Turtles All the Way Down, which is dumb and I hate it. <laughs> and uh, I read The Abundance of Catherines, which I liked. Okay. Yeah. I read Paper Towns, and I also have a personal vendetta against The Fault in Our Stars for no good reason. Yeah, that that's makes another sense. one that I. It was too I, much. Yeah, it no, was no, too no. much. That's, well, and everything I've heard about legit. it is just kind of cringy. Yeah. I did read, like, I think I w- had a. Maybe the copy of Paper Towns I had had, like, a preview of it in the back. Okay, and you read the preview. So I read, like, the first chapter or so, and I was like, John Green, no. my man, this it's is no not how me. teenage girls think. I read the first Hank Green book, uh, whatever it's called, An Incredibly Remarkable Thing. I don't think that's it, but. It has some of those words, though, I think. Unmistakably, I don't know. Something like that. I read the first one, and I liked it, uh, so maybe I'll read the second. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Okay, number four, Flamer by Mike Curato. Okay. Have you read it? No. This is a graphic novel, though, and I want to read it. I just haven't. Have you? I have not read it. Oh, my gosh. This is is one that I've seen a lot, but I have not read it. Have you read any of these yet? I read um, Absolute True Diary. Okay, okay, okay. So I've read two, and you've read one, so I am winning. Yes. Okay. Okay, number three, The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Mm, I've read a bunch of Toni Morrison stuff. I don't think that I've read that one, though. I read Beloved, which I really liked. I mean, I've read Beloved. It was a lot. Oh, yeah. Saying That's, I liked it is maybe the wrong books, term, Beloved but it was good. <laughs> that is rough. Yeah. yeah. Oh my I read gosh. Beloved. I read Song of Solomon, which is a weird book, and I read God Help the Child, which I really liked a lot. Okay. Yeah. All right, number two, All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. Read it. You have read it? I read okay, it. Three That's for you. A, that is a, um, a, you know, a memoir, like an autobiography. I yeah, really like the very cover. Good. It's very striking to Good me. story. Yeah. I have not read it, though. Okay. Okay, number one, Genderqueer. Still? Really? Because that Still. was like top of the list last year, too. Okay. What yeah, I, I guess it's just hanging out there. Have you read this I one? I did. I liked it. I have. I read it back when I it first came to. out. And then I think I had a copy checked out and it was due. And I was yeah. like, oh, no, I have I to know give it the, back. Um, I know. I know the controversy about this. And there was some uh, concern about this book even locally. But, uh, you know, it's it's LGBTQIA plus content that they that they always slam it for. And they mm-hmm. say it's sexually explicit. And like, you know, it's very sexually frank, I will say. And, mm-hmm. and there are images in there that I feel like out of context, you might be like, how dare this be? But I, it's like the least sexual book it's like talking about sexuality but not but not in a sexual way right it's not gotcha it's not meant to entice you know what i mean like it's so clinical i i don't get it but i feel feel like like the fact that it's a graphic novel make like opens it to that criticism more yeah because you can easily take a picture of images in there and be like look at this you Mm -hmm. know that makes Uh, sense but yeah i don't I don't get it. I, th- I liked it. I think it's very good. I mean, I think that it um, it made me think about things and, and uh, people's experiences uh, in ways that I just was ignorant to before. So I really felt like it kind of opened up my understanding of, of uh, people's experience different from my own. So no, I appreciated it. I thought it was a good graphic novel. I thought it was a good memoir and I felt like a little educated by it. So nice. yeah, I liked it a lot. I like a little education here yeah, and there. Yeah, I do too. So you only read one of those books. I know. Oh, you beat me. I did. All right. Well, happy, happy Band Book Week, everybody. Book. How do you celebrate Band Book Week? Well, we celebrate by doing a book club and uh, having a display of banned books here in the library. So That's if you're true. local to the David A. Howe, come on over. Yeah, we got a lot of good banned books on that show. We do. All right. Well... Having dispensed with the band books, so yes. to speak. Although maybe that's the wrong word. I don't, think sure. I don't think it's the right one. Yeah. 
All right. What else have you been reading this month? And what's your what's your like highlight book of the month? Oh, what's the my, one that stands out? My highlight book of the month. Wow, in a really uh, dramatic voice. Sorry, I just felt like it. I had to do that. Uh, gosh, let's see. Um, I'm going to say Stephen King's The Tommy Knockers because we are in spooky season. Uh, this was my spooky read. I've been I've been reading a Stephen King book with my friend Eric for. I don't know. Let's 10 years, let's say probably more. That's a lot of Stephen King. It is a lot of Stephen King and it's hit or miss. Um, we've had some interesting experience over the years. Tommy knockers came out in 1987 and it sucks, but it's your book of the month. It is my book of the it's month. The one that stands out. It is the one that stands okay, out. Okay. It is the one that stands out because it's very long. Uh, and it starts great. I don't know that I've read another book that started so good and ended so poorly. Mm. in my life have you ever read brave new world because that's like that's i have read, that's what i think of when i think of I a book that brave starts good and ends really really bad and I, weird i think this is worse okay i do think that's this is pretty worse. extreme yeah well it's so long brave new world <laughs> is at least short that's true. you know what i mean that's true um this one is about uh nothing but it's <laughs> the premise is that this woman is walking in the woods and she finds this chunk of metal sticking out of the ground and becomes obsessed with it I'm going to say light spoilers for the Tommyknockers because if you don't want to know anything about the premise, this is maybe a slight spoiler, but I don't think you should read it. So I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> it is, uh, it's aliens. It's, we're, looking at a, okay. we're looking at a bit of a spaceship situation here. I kind really? of feel like that undersells the spookiness of being like, what's this weird object that I'm obsessed with? It's yeah. like, oh, it's just aliens. It does. It does. I mean, the blurb kind of tells you that. So mm -hmm. I don't really think it's a spoiler, but yeah. And eventually like the whole town becomes enthralled with this and, and the spaceship presence there is uh, having impacts and effects on the town. And it becomes very like insular and it becomes very like walled off the town is. And so I don't know it, uh, Eric said, like, what if Salem's Lot, but it was bad. And that really is kind of what it's like, because mm. I don't know, it just keeps getting worse. Like the premise is interesting, but the execution is just terrible. And <laughs> Stephen King himself has been pretty critical of this book. Like okay. he said, it's a poorly written book. And if I had it to do all over again, I would write it better and I would cut it in half. And I think... He's right. I think the germ of the idea is a good one, and I would have liked a good version of it, but that's not what we got. Mm, so That's a shame. At least he's self-aware, though. Not a great start into my spooky season, um, I know. So th that's my spotlight. My hot takes, my quick ones will be Giant Garden of Oz by Eric Shanower. I went to a, a costume-themed party with our friend Sally Jacoby Murphy, who's going to join us as the Queen of Halloween Absolutely, in our next episode. Yes. Um, and it was Oz themed, so I read an Oz book that I hadn't read before, and it was fine. It was good. It was a later entry. Uh, it included Captain Bill, who was my costume for this uh, party, so that's why I read it. Uh, the other one is By the Time You Read This, I'll Be Gone by Sarah Kuhn, which is a YA book, hmm. and it's set in the world of Murder She Wrote, oh. classic series uh, Murder She Wrote. And you kind of the character's name is B. Fletcher in this, and the Angela Lansbury's character is uh, J.B. Fletcher, Jessica Fletcher, uh, in the original series. And you find out as the book goes on that she's the great aunt. Uh, Jessica Fletcher's the great aunt of our okay. main character here. So it connects enough to Murder She Wrote that there were there were maybe two scenes with her going to visit her aunt Jess. That's kind of um, cool. Yeah, it works pretty well. I think if you don't know anything about Murder She Wrote, doesn't matter. You'd be totally fine. That's kind of nice. If you know about Murder She Wrote, it's kind of you know it's Cabot Cove. Jessica's there. Like it's it works. 
thematically, it doesn't feel like a murder she wrote. It doesn't f- have that cozy kind of mystery vibe. I feel like it'd be hard to do that in a YA book and it have would. it gel. It would. It's not self-contained. You get a pretty good closure here, but it tells you that there's more to come. So it has me uh, interested enough to read book two. All right. Yeah. Uh, my graphic novel, uh, I read Hawkeye versus Deadpool, which is by Gary Dugan. This is my graphic novel spotlight. Also Halloween themed. It's a Halloween mystery with um, oh, that's fun. Yeah, with uh, Deadpool and Hawkeye. How do you feel about Hawkeye and or Deadpool? I like Hawkeye. I don't know much about Deadpool. Okay. You like the Kate Bishop Hawkeye? I like both Hawkeye. You, you're equal opportunity Hawkeye. Equal opportunity fan. Hawkeye. Okay. Well, they're both. Well, I feel like a- their dynamic is really fun. So yeah. I feel like it would be weird to be like really into one Hawkeye but right. really anti the Not other Hawkeye. The other. Like yeah, yeah. The dynamic plays into it. Deadpool, I think, fits into that well, and it was really fun. Nice. Uh, then for hot takes, I read Dune House Atreides Volume 1. Pretty good. I like Dune. And then The New Champion of Shazam, which is a Mary Marvel story. And I love Shazam and I love Mary Marvel. So that's new to our collection. And I read it and I liked it. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. Sounds like wise. mostly wins. What about you? What's your What's your spotlight book My of the month? My spotlight book is Don't The Secret you say Adversary. Dorothy Sayers. Okay. It's not Dorothy Sayers. It's Agatha Christie. I mean, but... You're you're in the same ballpark, it's but I'll allow, ballpark. I'll allow it. I've read this Tom t- Nick and Nora, Tommy Tuppence. Tommy and Tuppence. Tommy Tuppence. Tommy okay. and Tuppence. Yes. Which I feel like just when you say the words Tommy and Tuppence, it's like what? What do you yeah. like what I feel like your ears, it's yeah. hard to like process it. But once I started reading it, it all became clear. Tommy is this guy. Yeah. Tuppence is the nickname of Prudence, who's yeah. his friend. Yeah. I think Tuppence is kind of a baller nickname, it honestly. Is a good name. It is a good name. I'm yeah. a little jealous of that. Yeah. So I read this book, um, gosh, in the year 2002, when I was working at the Willard Public Library in Battle Creek, Michigan. I listened to it on cassette on an R2-D2 Walkman. That's incredible. Thank you. I feel like that's the best way. It is the, best the, way the only way. It. I don't know how you read it, if not for an R2-D2 Walkman. I read it, this like really old green hardcover. <sighs> I, I saw your With book. like the cover falling off. Yeah, and it had like the coffee ring stain on it. Yeah. Had a pretty good like old book smell. It did. Yeah. Which we have here in the collection. So if you feel Check like it out. you have to read Tommy and Tuppence you with the old actual... green hardcover. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you find my bookmark in there, just, you know. All right. <laughs> They're kind of uh, kind of hapless detectives, as I remember. They're yes. kind of like, gosh, Tuppence, look at this. It's a mystery. I feel like they like they definitely have some, some cleverness and some skills to them. Yeah. But they're very much like they just kind of decide that they want to like adventure for yeah. money because they're both broke yeah. that's right that's and right. so they're like oh yeah, yeah we can we can clearly we know nothing about you know being detectives uh-huh. or anything like that uh-huh. but clearly we can do this and clearly we'll make money off of it yeah and it works for them which makes me a little angry because yeah. i want that to work for me and it's just not going to yeah but anyway their dynamic is fun it felt very similar to like a pg woodhouse jeeves and worcester yeah. kind of thing with just like the way they talk to each other and the kind of like the youthfulness that they have and like Looks even though it's a pretty stark contrast to like Miss Marple or Hukio right. Poirot. Right. Yes. Know, very different. And like even though they're like it's written long enough ago that it's like not the same like these kids kind of things. You yeah. can tell that they're doing their version of like yes. these kids yeah. kind of things. Yeah. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo yes. for the classics yes. area. Yes. So I enjoyed it a lot. I feel like I've been in a little bit of a, a funk with reading physical books lately. Oh, okay. I'm not sure why, but I've just wow. been like audio booking it like crazy. Okay. Okay. But I read not this one as a physical just book. Listening. Just okay. listening. Okay. Yeah. I can't do ebooks. The screen, my eyes. I hate it. Okay, grandma. I know. All right. <laughs> 
I always make the background black and the text white, and then I can do ebooks. That might help. So that's just a little that suggestion for me. I think if I was reading it on like a Barnes and Noble Nook, it would be fine. But if I'm reading it on my phone, and mm. I, a, I have to like scroll so much, so it feels like the book is taking forever. Okay. And it's like sh- I, uh, I just okay. I, I can't do it. I I'm gonna I edit like that it. out for you saying it's a Barnes and Noble Nook because Amazon is my nemesis. And okay. I, I can't give them any fair enough. So. Yep. As long as the screen doesn't shine into my eyes, okay. I'll take it, okay. regardless Perfect. of brand. Okay. Yeah, I want to say that Tommy and Tuppence is, is how she ended her career. I think her last book is a Tommy and Tuppence okay. after a big gap. I know there's only like five of them. Yeah, and, and I think the middle ones are short story collections okay. or, or collections of uh, Tommy Tuppence novellas. But Which I'm excited to read more of them now, but I haven't really looked into what yeah. the other ones are yet. I think that I've read that first book in the first collection. And I think there, I think you're right. I think it's a small number. So like I need to go the distance on it just so I can say I've completed an Agatha Christie collection because collection. I love mysteries. Uh, I don't love Agatha Christie. Uh, and that would just be, I could check that right off the list. It's really so. funny to love mysteries, but not love Agatha Christie. I'm sorry. But mind you, I say this fully knowing that I think Tommy and Tuppence is the only Agatha Christie yeah. book I've ever read. I don't like so. her style. I don't like a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I've read of hers is like, you can't really solve the mystery because the mystery key is kept mm. from the reader and that like does that. annoy me i want to be able to solve it myself i know? feel like i'm not a very father good brown, armchair like detective father oh brown yeah is a little father like brown. that as well you know? i like those though yeah i like them all right i feel like i'm not a very good armchair detective because usually when i'm reading a mystery i don't know who did it and oh. i'm pretty okay with that wait are you like dumb Maybe. Oh, no. Well, sometimes it's a case like what you talked about, where it's like you get to the end and they're like, oh, the secret clue that I saw that I didn't tell the reader and there's no way I could have known. And I'm like, so I feel like if I'm watching a mystery show, like Only Murders in the Building or Wednesday, like I'm armchair detecting it the whole time. But sometimes with books, I'm like, I just don't feel like... It just feels like I'm not going to be able yeah. to to have all the pieces that I need. That's fair enough. And so I'm just like, all right, I'm just enjoying the ride. Okay. Just seeing where this goes. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Any graphic novels? Um, I don't think I read any graphic novels this month, actually. I'm going I'm to put you on the spot. Did you finish that Star Trek one you were reading last I time? I did not. I have been intending to, and it's okay. still on the little, like, okay. tiny table where we okay. keep all of our books All right. So it's home. a very short graphic but novel. But I did but not finish okay. it yet. So maybe it may take a couple months. It might. I'm going to ask we'll you see. next we'll time. Okay. You, you think I won't, but I will remember. I can't get away from you this. You can't. No. Okay, but other things I have been reading. Yeah, let me hear it. Besides The Secret I'll Adversary. Take it. Let's do it. Caleb and I finished the rest of the Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarian series. Cute. We read books five and six. Okay. Six is narrated by a different character. Oh. And it's co-written with another author. Mm. So I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And my brothers were like, nah, the six one is not the okay. same. It's okay. not good. And they have not led you astray before, your brothers. That's true. They usually give pretty yeah. good book advice. They However, in this case, they were totally in the wrong. Sorry, fellas. The sixth book is incredible. Yep. It totally matches the vibe of the other one. Okay. The other narrator is great. Huh. I have basically no notes. Okay. It was a good time. Good, good. So I also read Monstrous Regiment by Terry Pratchett, continuing my yeah. Discworld explorations. And thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Okay. A girl runs away to war and pretends to be a boy, and she realizes that she's not the only one huh. in her regiment doing this. Oh. And there's also just like vampires and trolls. Okay. And that was the Disney movie Mulan? Is that what you said? Yeah, it had some of okay. those vibes. <laughs> okay. I'm also currently reading Masquerade and Going Postal by Terry Pratchett. One okay. physical, one audiobook. Oh. Just like maximizing my okay. Terry Pratchett. All right. And Caleb and I started the Penderwicks, which is our next read aloud series. Is that old? It is old. It's one of my favorite middle grade series. I read oh, it. Oh, so my not mom, like old, old. Like well, early 2000s? Early old? 2000s kind okay. of old. Like yeah, my I mom read it back. to me when I was five. Yeah. 
and I really related to the character who's five. Yeah. And then I read it again when I was 11 and I really related to the character who's 11 kind okay. of a situation. Okay. So this is a revisit. It's a revisit. But Caleb hasn't read them. Okay. So like this is mandatory. All right. Got it. Has he read any comic books? What's he reading? Um, He has read comic books. Oh, what geez. have I seen him reading? Oh, no. Uh-oh. He was reading a Supergirl comic book. <gasps> I love me some Supergirl. Okay. Yeah, I don't know which one it was, right. but he said it was really good and he okay. thought I would like it. Hmm, I bet it was Tom King's Supergirl book that's recent. I don't know, but I, I can find out. That's my guess. Yeah, you can tell He me said it wouldn't right be around. a bad one to start with if hmm. that gives you more clues. Okay. Moving on from my, my lack of comic book reading. That's okay. I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> well, sometimes I read a bunch of them in a row and then other times I like don't read any yeah. for like a long chunk. Yeah. There's just really no It's a constant rotation for me. <laughs> That's fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, movie-wise, mm. what have you been watching? Okay, well, are we spotlighting movies too? Let's spotlight movies okay. too. Okay, then I, am, I have selected Enola Holmes number two, oh. the sequel. Have you seen number one? I have seen number one. Okay, I, I just wanted to one, make sure. Yeah, I saw number one like in good old 2020 when it first came out. Oh, man. I, we actually started Enola Holmes two a while back and then got away from it, like had to pause it and then never finished it. So it was like a year in between and I was oh, like, we should tragic. watch that movie. So we did. And I actually liked it quite a bit. I know you have kind of mixed feelings about it. I do have a little mixed with feelings. The book. But as someone who's not read the books, I thought it was really good. That's so fair. So Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill. Um, yeah, I, I was I liked it a lot better. Like I finished it and I was like, bring it on. Let me have uh, let me have number three. You liked it better than the first one? I did like it better than the okay. first. Yeah. The first one is closer to the book. Okay. The second one is, it has some vibes in common with the book. And obviously yeah. it has char- like some the main characters are in yeah. common with the book. Yeah. But like the whole story is like a totally different story from the second okay. book. Which okay. I thought was a really interesting choice. Yeah. Hmm. I what mean, I also liked it, but I was that? a little bit like, why didn't you just do yeah. the second book? Yeah. See, I didn't have the comparison. So like it didn't matter to you me. You should read the books at some time though. They're, Maybe they're I will. short and they're great. Maybe I will. Uh, it did put me in like a Holmes adjacent mood. I want to mention too, the score is by Daniel Pemberton and he, re- he did the first one as well. I've been listening to both of them like while I'm reading other things because I really like the music. I really like the main theme of it, which I think you'd probably recognize if you heard it because it's pretty present in the movie. But I've been using that while I read other things, including I read a graphic novel called Mycroft's Dangerous Game, which is set in the movie world, but it's written by Nancy Springer, who I oh, okay. think she wrote the book. She wrote the right? books. Yeah. So you That's might like cool. that. You might want to check that out. And also, I picked up Mycroft and Sherlock, which is the second Mycroft book by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, obviously. When you think of Holmes World, you think of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Of course. I don't know what else you would think of. So it's by him and Anna Waterhouse. Not as good as the first one. I think introducing Sherlock, making a young Sherlock more of a co-billing kind of character, weakened the book Mm. because it felt like reading a bad Sherlock Holmes novel Mm. instead of reading an interesting spin on the world. Yeah, I feel like once you allow yourself, like I love spinoffs and like, you know, stories about other characters, retellings, all that kind of thing. But I feel like if you write it and it's too similar to the original, but clearly not, that's when it's like, well, you've just... Yeah, so the focus on Mycroft for the first time, because he's like a government official, you know, it was a very different thing, really worked for me. But this one, I was kind of like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. And I think the third book is a Mycroft and Sherlock team up as well. So mm. I'm kind of disappointed. I wish they would have towed the line of making it a Mycroft series, but yeah. whatever. Well, because I, I feel like it. seeing them interact could be fun, but like Sherlock definitely would have to like be really pretty. But the thing really is, it pretty. wasn't a lot of interaction. It was like uh. they were each doing their own thing in a connected case. So I don't know. It wasn't really know. like the buddy cop vibe that you might have 
expected. Yeah, I feel least. like a buddy cop vibe, or like yeah, a because they like, don't get along. What's, like one fun. of them is trying to buddy cop, but the other is trying not, not to. But yeah, I feel yeah. like that could be fun. Yeah, it could have. Maybe the third one is more like that. I don't know, but I can't read two out of three, so no. I'm I'm in I'm in it now. Here are my hot takes. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I watched Air, that Nike movie oh. that Ben Affleck directed. Very much just okay. You know, I like all the actors in it. I love Ben Affleck as a director, and it finished, and I was like, okay. Uh, I rewatched Escape to Witch Mountain, made my son watch Escape to Witch Mountain. Have you ever seen it? Is that based on a book? It is based on a book. Okay, I've yeah, seen Alexander the, Key the book. Wrote the like, book. Yeah. Shelved it with my own hands. Yeah, it is based on a book. But I, I love that movie. My son was pretty into it. Uh, I wanted him to like it more, obviously, because it was one of my favorites as a child, but pretty good. So you've never watched it already? I haven't. Oh, okay. I feel like I would like it, though. Well, I recommend it. It has the word witch in it, it so does. that's a good yeah. sign. But that is kind of a misnomer because there are uh. no witches in it. Well, disappointing, but it I is. still might like yeah, it. Yeah, it's it. That is kind of a letdown. I watched the movie Nimona, which is based on that graphic novel. Uh, I've never read the graphic novel. I've shelved it a million times, but I really like the movie, and now I got to read the graphic novel. Nice. Any? I haven't seen it. Okay. That movie has been on my list though, but I haven't gotten I, to it. I feel like this is going to tick people off because I've not watched the Christopher Guest movies like Mighty Wind, uh, and. Waiting for Guffman, stuff like that. Haven't watched them. But I watched Mascots, which is a Christopher Guest movie. It was like a Netflix thing. So this is my first one. And I think if you're a fan of Christopher Guest, you now hate me because I started with Mascots. But it was decent. I liked it. I laughed. I want to watch the rest of them. Because I finished Shit's Creek. And it just kind of put me in that zone, you mm. know. Uh, and I just didn't have access to the others. And so this is the one I went into. Well, I don't that's even... fine. We can just inflame people yeah. on the podcast yeah. today. I mean, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara... So great. And it just, I was like, hey, I should watch those movies. And I watched this. But anyway, You Hurt My Feelings with uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Liked it. Thumbs up. It's, she's an author and, her, and she overhears her husband talking about how he doesn't like her book. Oh my gosh. And that's kind of the lens in. That's not really the primary focus, but it's a big point in the in the movie. That so does kind of pique my interest. I'm not going to lie. You remember last time I rewatched The Fugitive with Harrison Ford? Yeah. It was great. I love it. It uh-huh. still holds up. There was a sequel how do you make a sequel to The Fugitive? Right. The answer is, please don't. Uh, U.S. Marshals stars Tommy Lee Jones and like the supporting cast chasing another fugitive who's also innocent. And I'm like, friends, why? Why would you do this? Huh. Why would you do it at all? They were an appealing group. And so I get like, let's keep it rolling. But why wouldn't you just have them chase a villain? You know, like a straight up villain. Right. It's a really weird pivot. Not worth it at all. Just oh, watch The Fugitive. Boy. Just watch The Fugitive. That's that's me. What about you? What uh, what weirdo movies are you watching over there? <laughs> the, usual, the usual okay. weirdo movies. Okay. There is no usual for you because it's like last <laughs> well, time like it was that Pride and Prejudice and that She's the Man, Amanda yes. Bynes movie. Like what? So I can't wait to hear. Both great. Please. Well, it's always just a mixed bag and I feel like that is the, that is the usual. Yeah. My movie spotlight is the movie Rosalind. This is a movie that came out like in the last year or two. Hip. And what it is, is a retelling of Romeo and Juliet from the perspective of Rosalind, who's the girl who he's like talking about, who he's in love with at the beginning. Okay. And then just like doesn't care about as soon as he sees Juliet. Okay. And so. Who played her in the Baz Luhrmann, Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Because that's, that's my lens. She doesn't even really appear in the play. She's just referred to. Just referenced. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. It starts out with Romeo and Rosalind like being a couple okay. and then like she's trying to go meet him at this party mm-hmm. but this other guy her dad is trying to set her up with they go sailing and it starts raining and yes. she doesn't get there in time and that's how he meets Juliet and so then he and Juliet start being a thing and she's like mad and wanting to exact revenge and okay. so she like cooks up this whole scheme to drive yeah. them apart and everything 
but it kind of follows the plot of Romeo and Juliet just through a different lens. Okay. Like I feel like overall there's nothing about Romeo and Juliet that's okay. like totally inconsistent with it. Yeah. You could just be like, yeah. And in the end, Romeo and Juliet didn't okay. die. They just, you know, sailed off in a so boat. Thanks to this girl. The, the, the Romeo and Juliet time period and everything. It's yes. Like a modern. It's okay. very anachronistic though. Oh, it's like intentionally anachronistic. Just the way they talk and act like there's not a ton of like, yeah. there's not like cell phones in it, yeah. but like the way they talk, the lingo yeah. is very like. The fact that they're driving cars really <laughs> throws it off, throws off the vibe. Speaking of anachronistic movies, have you ever watched A Knight's Tale? I have. Okay. I was gonna it's say kind it. of a similar okay. vibe to A Knight's Tale. All right. And I do, do like, like that Do you like A Knight's Tale? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's fun. I was thinking you would like it. So. Yeah. It's a good one. I'm right. And the, the guy who they have play Romeo looks very much like a young Heath Ledger. Oh, okay. Which I feel like did enhance the vibes. Yeah, but, sure. So, yeah, I enjoyed this one okay. a lot. That makes sense. Yeah. My hot takes. Yeah, yeah, let me have Things it. that I just watched. I rewatched the first two Bourne movies with some of my <gasps> friends. Look at us watching Matt Damon movies. I know. Matt Damon is great. Did you like them? Yeah. I saw them a long time ago and really yeah. enjoyed them. Yeah. I was always pretty indifferent to the Bourne movies. I mean, I've seen them all. I actually love the first Bourne book, like the Robert Ludlum mm. original book. It's uh Does it predate the movies? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Now I maybe have to read it. Yeah, yeah. I want to say 70s. And then there was like mm. a mini series. The book is um, it, like a lot of like spy stories at that time. Here's your warning. It is very sexist. Okay. Like the way he interacts with like the female lead in that is 100% problematic. So it, I'll brace kinda, myself for that. It's kind of treated as problematic in the story, but not enough. So there's the warning. Okay. That aside, I think it's a really compelling, interesting book. You know, I feel like there's a lot of movies from about this area like that I watched as a kid. And I was like, yeah, the representation of women isn't great. Yeah. Or like, yeah, this relationship started really quickly without a lot of preamble. Yeah. But I feel like I rewatch them now and I'm like, there was no preamble. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Marie in the first movie, the first born movie, yeah. like she's like giving this rando a ride. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, now we're in love. Just like really yeah. quickly. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, in the, in the book and in the Richard Chamberlain miniseries from like back in the day, it feels like a straight up abduction. Yikes. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's hella problematic. So fun. Yeah. Fun, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so glad that I endorsed it so well. But uh, yeah. All right. So you watched the first two Born movies and yes. they still hold up pretty well. Okay. Yes. I also watched a movie called Gunpowder Milkshake. Oh, I've Have you seen that. this? No. What is it? This is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Yeah. It has Karen Gillan as the main character. Okay. And it's like she's a hit woman, basically. Okay. She works for this organization. And it's not really our world, but it has some things in common with our world. Okay, all right. And she kills this guy kind of by accident, but realizes his daughter is, has been kidnapped. So then she has to go get the daughter. And there's this is a, a ton of fighting. Cast. It is a powerhouse wow, cast. Okay. It was very surreal to watch. It, it did involve a librarian with ladies, <gasps> like with guns. Oh. It was pretty cool. Okay. But it was extremely violent, uh, okay. much more than I bargained okay. for. So it was a very interesting movie, but I do feel like partway through, I was like, I'm I'm not watching more of this than I'm watching uh, just because yeah, I yeah. can't even, yep. I can't take yep, in yep, more yep, violence yep. at this I've point. Been there. Yeah. It was bizarre, but okay. if you feel like you can handle violence, an interesting ride. So, and I think that's about all I have for movies. Okay. All it's right. been kind of a movie light month. Yeah. That, no, that seems decent though. Let's see. What else do we have to talk about? Shows? Sure. I can talk shows. What's your show highlight? My show of the month. That would be the other two, uh, which is which was an HBO series. It ran for three seasons, but stretched across 2019 to 2023. 
I think we talked about this a little bit, but it's stars Helene York, Drew Tarver, and Molly Shannon eventually uh, becomes a pretty key player in it. And it's about these two where in the initial season, um, their younger brother becomes like, uh, you know, an overnight pop sensation. Yeah, this Um, does sound familiar. And then they kind of get pulled into that orbit because they both have, you know, career ambitions and like entertainment world ambitions. And then seasons two and three, Molly Shannon's character, who was kind of supporting in the beginning, becomes like Oprah level famous. And they're still kind of in their own orbits. Mm -hmm. Uh, Season three takes on a real surreal kind of tone. Like the the comedy becomes very... um, over the top and like uh like a farce and it wasn't really the early seasons are a little bit more arrested developmenty kind of vibe and the later season is full out almost like a spoof and so that was a weird jump like watching that season we were like what is happening like why did we change so much but it still manages to be true to the characters and i think it ultimately ends in a pretty satisfying way i don't think it was their intention to end at season three but it works okay well so I don't know. The characters walk a fine line of being unlikable and being hard to root for. While also, you're so invested in the story, like huh. you want it. You know, yeah, that's like, a delicate balance. Kind of like Veep in that way, where it's like these characters are not the best, but I want them to be happy. You know, uh, so I really liked it and was sad to end when season three came. That's the one that I think. Um, I think it's. I would recommend it. I think it's worth watching. And it, like I said, it's three seasons, thirty episodes. Easy one to watch, but very worth it. For hot takes, I've been really loving the Star Trek Very Short Treks, which they were doing like weekly YouTube shorts featuring, um, it's animated and it was kind of in celebration of the 50th year for Star Trek animation. Uh, So it had voice actors from all the series doing like these goofy little bits. Uh, Anybody can watch it on YouTube, definitely worth it. Uh, And then The Morning Show um, in season three of The Morning Show, which is an Apple show with uh, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Uh, John Hamm is in this season. Really fun. I like it a lot. Season two was kind of weird because of COVID stuff, mm. but season three I'm, I'm invested in. And we just started White Lotus on HBO, which I heard everybody talking about and didn't watch it. And now we're like settling down to watch it and I'm, I'm fully in. Nice. Do you know anything about it? I've heard the name a lot, but I don't think I okay. really do. Well, it's just about, about it. these people who spend a week at this resort, the White Lotus, and then things kind of unravel pretty quickly, and they're going in all sorts of unexpected directions. So it's very soapy in, a, in, in the best gotcha. of ways. Gotcha. So, so is like this it. like a Lotus Eaters reference at all? Is oh. it that kind of a thing, hmm. or is it just is the Lotus coincidental? I didn't think about that, but it could be. Okay. It could be. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I haven't finished it yet. What are you? What are you watching? Okay. Have we talked about Ruby Season 9 at all? No. Okay. I didn't think we have. No. So that's going to be my spotlight of the month. Hit it. I love the show Ruby, which for those of you who don't know, is an American anime, whatever that means. I watched the first episode of this because you and Amanda, who's on staff here, love it so much. And I was like, what in the weird like 90s video game cutscene is this show? The early seasons are very strange it's and the insane. animation is very strange. It's so bad, the animation. Like storytelling, well, like, interesting. Animation, objectively bad. Well, and like the colors and like... Like, even though the animation from the early seasons is bad, I feel like I barely notice because they still are, like, visually interesting. But, yeah, that's fair. The early seasons are a little weird. And then they recently did that uh, two-part crossover with the Justice League. I know, that weirds me out. there's, like, an ongoing graphic novel series about the characters all. So, like, I want to watch it, but I don't know if I could just jump into the Justice League crossover and it would make sense to me. I don't know. Well, it would be really easy, like take not very much time at all to watch like the first two or so seasons of okay. Ruby. All right. Because they're the first, short episodes. They're right? short episodes, yeah. especially at first. Yeah. It does feel like a PlayStation 2 cutscene, but okay. 
Well, in some of the early seasons too, all the background characters are just like black figures. Oh. Which is weird, but like makes for some really funny meta jokes. Like okay, this one okay. character's like, oh, where am I going to find another like quirky girl to talk to and it like cuts over and there's this room full of black figures except for this one girl who you haven't met yet but like you realize that she's an important character okay Uh, you had to be there but it is pretty great yeah but so the show has been going on for quite some time and the original creator has passed away now and it has escalated a lot and so season eight ended with a very dramatic cliffhanger which I will perhaps not spoil. Oh, okay. But it ended with a very dramatic cliffhanger. Got it. So I had no idea how season nine was going to go. Okay. It was weird. It was unlike anything before. Okay. But I did enjoy it. And I'm optimistic that going forward, this the show will continue to not jump the shark. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm hopeful. Well, maybe I have to get on board. I don't know. I was just very puzzled by the first episode. That's fair. First couple episodes, I guess I watched. I feel like if you can finish the first season. Okay. That... All right. Well, that gives me a goal. That gives me something to shoot for. And it's for. not that long. Okay. Okay. So stepping away from books, yes, movies, TV, of course, of all course. these forms of media that mm-hmm. we constantly consume. Uh-huh. Do you have any real life highlights or spotlights from the month? Food you've eaten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things you've done. Oh my gosh. Walks I you've taken. Crafts. Indian food so badly, uh, <laughs> but I haven't had it in a while. Please send help in Indian food. I don't food. know. I, I went to the garlic fest in Cuba, oh, which that's was cool. which was kind of a weird experience. It was much more garlicky than I, w- I mean, I should have known, I guess, but it was like every booth was garlic. And I was what, like, what goes okay. down at the garlic fest? You buy garlic. Just like straight garlic? Yeah. Or like- I mean, it was like, you know, there was like garlic mustards and hmm. different things. A lot of food vendors. There were some like craft vendors and things like that. But I think we ended up leaving with a sack of potatoes and but uh, no garlic no garlic i know we were gonna get some garlicky mustard but we couldn't find anything um but yeah i've never been before it was right in cuba new york i ran into uh tina dalton who's the director over in cuba and we had a good weird interesting time but that's about it sound like an adventure that's about it for me the garlic fest i'm dressing up as the head of garlic for halloween i forgot about that but yeah that's uh that's very you i i don't fully understand it but i understand that i don't understand it Fair enough. So. Yeah, I finished like the the garlic skirt, and I need yeah. to like make a really puffy Didn't you petticoat. Read a book that was like about clove yes. of garlic. Is this yes. where this is coming from? A little bit. What it's was definitely the book? related. Garlic and the vampire. Garlic. Okay. And there so I think Caleb There's is going to be a vampire. Right, there. Okay. right. Honestly. Yeah. Though. So. Okay. I'm excited. I hope the garlic costume turns out. I hope it well. does too. We'll yeah. See. My son is wanting to make his own costume. He's wanting to go as Willow from the Roblox game Piggy. Yeah, so he's making all sorts of plans for making his own costume. Nice, that's cool. I'm going as Captain Man from uh, Henry Danger, which is a show he and I watched together. He was going to go as Kid Danger, but he pivoted, so now it's going to be Captain Man and Willow from Piggy. So not exactly the themed costume I was envisioning, but... I'm sure it'll still work. What about you? What's going on in your real life? What do you got out there? I have been sewing more. Oh, okay. As per... Your garlic suit, sure. garlic suit, yes. I'm working on a dress, which I am close to Wait, done with. Wait, a garlic with. dress or a... A separate dress. Okay. I don't so think I have I ever, like different threads on the sewing I don't think machine. I ever spotted your uneven hem. So I think you got away with it. Well, that. I haven't worn the one with the uneven hem uh, because every time I okay. put it on, I'm like, oh, the hem is uneven. Uneven. Yeah. So I just need to fix that. But okay. my enthusiasm... For, I feel like once I've completed a project, yeah. if I realize that there's something wrong with it that I have to fix... Yeah. I'm like, but I've already finished. Like, I, I just have no enthusiasm for fixing whatever yeah. the problem is. And so then it will just live yeah. in its problematic no, state. I, I get it. And my wife knitted me one slipper. 
and I liked it, but she thought it was weird. And I made the mistake of saying it looked like a little ravioli. And oh, now no. she doesn't want to make the second one, but I want that second ravioli oh, slipper. Dang it. <laughs> but it's my own fault because I called it How a ravioli. How does it look like a ravioli? <laughs> Because it's got kind of a flat bottom and then it sort of comes in and it's got kind of a flat top and it just looks like you could pinch the back and fill it with some ricotta cheese, you gotcha. know, but I was fine with it. Is I, it, is I liked it colored it. like ravioli No, it's all? not. It's well, yeah, it's green. So it's like sort of that green like pasta a spinachy ravioli. ravioli? Yeah, like a spinach ravioli. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm never going to get that other slipper. So that's oh, sewing. You tried sewing. Sewing. I also, I guess this is back to media things, but I also started a new webtoon that I'm very excited oh, about. Oh, okay. All right. Which is Lady Liar. It's a yeah. new webtoon by um, an, a, a webtoon artist who wrote another one that's like one okay, of the webtoon okay. classics, yeah. Miss Abbott and the Doctor. Okay. And about every year or so, I'll just like re-binge that entire webtoon. That's funny. And then I found out that she was making a new one and Ooh. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. And so now every week on Wednesday night, I'm just like anxiously waiting for That's the episode cool. to drop. I like to have something. I have been keeping up with Heartstopper. On, on the webtoon. You brought the webtoon app into my life, by the way. You're welcome. As That's like, all I have to say. <laughs> as long-term listeners might remember from our uh, House Things Spotlight on webtoon. But I have been doing Heartstopper and I've also been reading Trashbird, which is so funny. It's more like a classic comic strip, but it is just, it kills me every time. I love it. Incredible. I love it. Yep. Yeah, I feel like I'm a little low on webtoons. A lot of the ones I was reading, like, finished. Yeah. And then I haven't found a lot of new ones to replace huh. them. So okay. I need right. to I need to up my webtoon I guess game. you do. I guess you do. Um, not a lot of spooky things on your list, and we are in spooky season. We are in spooky As season. As listeners remember, we're gearing up for our, uh, our next episode where Allie has to try the film The Others, with Nicole Kidman. Have you watched it yet? I have not watched it it's yet. It's a good call. You got to watch it closer to Yeah, the, I figured it'd be good to, to like screening. save. Yeah. 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 So I'm excited to have Sally Jacoby Murphy here. She and I actually recorded a, a Star Wars Halloween episode, Ewok Hunt, uh-huh. that is going to be over in the Andorian Life feed. So if you follow this Andorian Life, you'll get to see Sally there too. But yes, we'll be back in two weeks to talk all about the others starring Nicole Kidman and friends. Ooh. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen it in many years, but I think it's going to hold up. And I'm excited to hear your take. From yeah, it. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the right mood. <laughs> I think that's the right mood to have. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to watch the others if you want to watch along yeah, with us. You have to and be scared with me because mm-hmm. I don't know. We have to share this yeah. together. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening as always, and until next time, hang in there. See you then. <laughs>